0: Hello, and welcome to episode 94 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. Last weekend was a bit of a rarity on the WDF tour. It was a weekend with no ranking events, but it's back to normal this coming weekend with three bronze-graded competitions, but they're not the focus of this week's show instead. It's one of the biggest amateur international competitions on the calendar, which returns this weekend after a three-year absence. I'm talking about the British Internationals, an annual meeting dating back you know, multiple decades between England, Scotland and Wales. They've not been able to play it because of the pandemic in 2020 and 2021. Uh, but they're back this year and I've got representation from Wales on this week's show. Before I delve into who's playing who, the schedule for the weekend and who my picks are, I'll bring in this week's guest and that's the Wales captain Nick Kenny who I spoke to last week to discuss his second year on the PDC Tour, his new management team, what it's been like returning to the WDF circuit this year, captaining Wales, the players to watch this coming weekend, and whether he thinks Wales can go all the way and win on home soil. I'm now delighted to be joined by the captain of Wales, Nick Kenny. Nick, how are you?
1: Hi, Andrew. Very well, thank you. Uh, Nice to be on again. Uh, It's been a while.
0: How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. It's nice to... To get you back on, we'll talk about your captaincy of the Welsh team and everything that's been going on with you over the last year or so. But I've got to ask you first of all when I reached out the other day, you said you were feeling a, a little bit under the weather and the voice had gone. How's the voice holding up now?
1: Yeah, it's getting there to be fair. I can't reach the high notes anymore on my favourite song, so uh, uh, hopefully, I'll be back now in, in full spirits for next weekend. So I can belt that anthem out. <laughs>
0: Dare I ask which anthem that is? Or just the Welsh anthem, you mean?
1: Well, to be fair, you know, the Scottish one's brilliant. The Welsh one's obviously my favourite. But uh, to be fair, I sing a lot to all three of them because I'm (laughs) just a general singer, to be honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, the last time you and I spoke on the podcast was January of of last year. We were sort of talking about your first year as a PDC tour card holder. You've had the second year now and, and come off that tour... How would you assess the second year for you life on the PDC?
1: Very, very tough, to be fair. Um, the groups of tournaments, you know, the weeks, they, they just didn't suit me. You know, we was in lockdown, um, you know, from, from Christmas, was it Boxing Day of of, of 2020 and again, and just it just didn't suit me, to be honest. Once I, I was get stuck in a rut, it was very hard to, to come out of it. I'd obviously lost a lot of weight. Ali Pali was a success, but then, you know, once you start losing a couple of games on the tour, it's very hard to get out of that rut. And um, obviously I was putting a bit of weight back on, losing it again, I was still trying to keep fit. Um, I was messing about with darts a little bit. Um, And as it goes, you know, I went back to my darts from from 2019 before the actual new, you know, the new manufactured darts I, I was using. Um, from September, I went back in the end. But I was messing about with flights. Um, there were some personal things going on. I just, just generally, wasn't very happy with a few things. Um, and that's all—that's all part of life, really, and part of the learning curve. But um, yeah, it was—it was very difficult. Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed it. You know, we had a good time. The results start picking up towards the end of the year. You know, I was winning, winning a few, a lot more first rounds at the end of the year, and playing really well to qualify and lo and behold, I was after the pub started opening, and, and you know your super leagues and, and your county started, and you, you know your, your your grassroots stuff started again, which playing more often, um and and get a bit more confidence from from winning, you know, the lower level games. So yeah, it was very tough. Obviously, disappointed with my performance at Ali Pally in the end because it was dreadful. I thought I did everything right, practice wise. Just something just didn't click up there, and, and that's life. So move, moving on, it's it's on, it's on to. Onto sort of refreshing and trying to build the ladder again.
0: Hmm. When you, you say you were stuck in a rut and you were, you know, struggling for form and struggling for performance, was there a point where you felt you sort of your head dipped and your confidence had gone?
1: Yeah, I like I like to think I'm a confident player, but it's all with, with my darts. It's all about the first dart. Um, with with the, the manufactured darts, it was a case of I wasn't hitting as many 180s as I was before. Um, there's something that just wasn't quite right. Um, and I went in the man cave the one night and with my, with my older darts, and I just uh, absolutely floored it. With what well, must have been a 50, 60, 180s, it'd been three hours, four hours practice. It was, it was brilliant, and I thought, you know, I'm going to go back to these. And the more you think about changing and doing different things, just stick at it. So I went back to my old setup. Um I know where it was, we was in Coventry, um, and I'd lost six nil to Danny Knopper with these darts and just before we started eight nine darts with my you know going back to my old setups and to be fair i, should, I beat myself up a bit more than i should have because he had 106 average i was in the you know the low 90s obviously i'd been been losing quite frequently before that i sort of beat myself up a bit i changed my flights the day after peter Wright gave me a set of flights that I, I i had to go at i went up there and i ate a 10 dart with them and to be fair they were flowing they were flying too fast in the air they, if the first start went in, there was no control. Whereas, the, you know, the the I use now, the, once the first start is in, is more control with the throw. <laughs> so yeah, I had a play about for four or five weeks. Obviously, lost a lot more games, and in the end, they, they were dinned. And I'm going back to my old setup now, and and I think the film that you know that's that's a setup I need I need to be throwing with.
0: Now you've touched on it there. The the performance against Ro- Robbie John Rodriguez at Ali Pali wasn't wasn't what you wanted, but. That was your second appearance there. The first time you were there, it was all behind closed doors. There were no fans. It was a very strange atmosphere. There were still some restrictions in place the back end of last year, but there were fans in the building. So how did that whole thing compare? Actually playing in front of people again?
1: Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I really enjoyed the atmosphere there, and you know, I, I, to be fair, I can remember a lot of it. Which you know, I'm not I'm not going to beat around the bush. You know, we, we all sort of prepared with, with a few drinks and all that. and... To be fair, maybe I just wasn't on the right level. I, I, to be fair, that's, that's my opinion of it. But uh, I sort of can remember everything about it. It, it just some, um, Something just didn't click and he put me under a lot of pressure. But the crowd, I thought maybe the crowd would be a bit too loud and I'd be a bit, you know, overwhelmed by it all. But if I reflect on it, I wasn't bothered hmm. by the crowd. I, I, it was just the performance and I was just chasing him. Man. And it, he, he, he had the highest average of the first round, so... To be fair, it, it, it was a bad draw at the end of the day. It was unlucky, but I'd have liked to have played my game and it had been a little bit closer, because I had the chances like key legs. Where it could it could have gone the right way, but at the end of the day, it, it was the final chapter in, in, in one respect of of, of that, and it's, it's, it was time for a new, a new chapter, really, if you know what I mean.
0: Mm, for sure. You went to Q School in January. You weren't able to get an immediate return to the PDC Tour, and then soon after that... You split with your management team, Big Five. Are you on your own now, or have you signed terms with someone else?
1: Um, I haven't signed, but I've agreed terms um, with uh, Will Adamson um, mm-hmm. and uh, Mac Elkin, fifty-fifty. More to do with Ma- uh, to do with uh, Will Adamson. But um, yeah, he he supported me um, much first challenge to back myself. Um, from there, uh, Will helped me go to Ireland to, to Germany. Um, and I'm recently to to Denmark and and working the Welsh Open, and um, brilliant bloke you know I, I, he, he he's had a chat with me in the past he, he, we've been up to his pub and we've been to the Grand Slam and he's a lovely chap and you know he's got confidence in me that you know my form will start picking up and it's all roads to Q School next year to be fair
0: hmm. lovely. When we spoke before, you said that you were missing. Obviously, probably lockdown was a factor in this, but you were missing the WDF side of things and the, the social atmosphere of those events. You've been back to some of them this year, as you mentioned Isle of Man, Denmark, Wales. What's your return to the WDF tour been like so far? Um, been tough
1: to be fair. Um, struggling a bit with coming back down to your best of sevens and your best of fives with. Yeah, you know, whereas all of my darts were best of 11s in the past and, and Isle of Man was like being on the PDC tour if you, if you was to see my free draws. Um, with Atey Prince in the first round and Barry Copeland, you know, he's just done well in, in Wales last week. It was no easy draws, but losing out to Hoagie in the first game and Kai Fang Luke battered me, to be fair, with 100 average. Seems to be my bogey player. And then, and then Kieran Tee and beat me in the, in the Isle of Man Open. And obviously, conditions are a little bit different. I've got to try and settle back in with conditions. Obviously, obviously, there's a social element of it as well, and you know it was my birthday weekend in Isle of Man, so it was it was one for me to enjoy as well as play. And then Denmark, we always enjoyed Denmark. I ran into Lawson twice. Um, should have beaten him twice, but I had a really good game with Yala um I lost four three from three one up, but never had a dart to win. Um, but I get I about five or six one eighties in the seven lead, so. I was, I was quite happy with that, and I quite like playing a faster player where things can flow. So, and the Welsh Open, it, it was quite demanding. It, it was quite long and best of five. I didn't really, I've, I've lost from an 85 average to a 74. It was just the timing of the last leg. I think it was 60 at the wrong time. Um, but you know, the, the legs are there. Like you know, the 12 daughters are flowing. I had a nice 110 in the county averages on the on the Saturday. So it, it's there. It's coming. It's, it's, um, it, it, it's going to take time. Oh, I'm confident there's going to be a couple of runs where maybe potentially pick up a few titles and, in, in the bigger events and, and get myself into them, to Lakeside or, or wherever the, the, the World Championship's going to be, into them them spaces. Hmm.
0: Now, I saw you down at Lakeside last month, supporting a couple of different people. What did you make of the, the WDF World Championship this year? Um, I thought it was, the,
1: the coverage was very good. The standards, in the end, it, it did pick up, but there was... It's a bit surprised by the... It was a bit of a poor standard, to be fair, to start with. Some of the the lads I thought were going to do really well didn't, and the averages weren't so good. You know, comparing that to previous years, you know, you always had a few bad averages, but um, they they weren't as low as that. But they did pick up, and uh, to be fair, I I was a bit gutted for obviously Wayne against Cameron because his scoring was back to his his normal self, but he just couldn't buy a double. He could could have been there for for two weeks, and it just (laughs) wouldn't have happened for him. But... um, after that, I sort of predicted the final, so I did predict Neil against Tebow. Um, basically, uh, Tebow would had beaten me in, um, in Germany in the Challenge Tour, and he's very good. He, he, could, he seems not to be able to hit a double with three darts in his hand, His combinations are very good. Um, and Duff, just, just obviously, you've seen the confidence that he's shot. So, yeah, I, I thought, was, I, at one point, I thought maybe Neenstra, and then he would have been the one, you know, the one after Jim Williams or Wayne Warren, you know, the, the next best from the past. Was still around, but obviously Neil deserved himself. But um, yeah, I watched, I watched a lot of it. I, I enjoyed my day up there, to be fair, see a lot of the old faces. There's um, a you know, supporting Rianne as well, and it was a bit gutted she didn't get the final. But uh, fair play to both, she was amazing, and, and and Neil as well. Fair play to him. And I managed to, to, to I'm gonna be playing pairs with Neil in the, in the Dutch Open, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, very formidable team. You talk of Wayne there when I spoke to him just before Lakeside. He said one of the things he was looking forward to most this year was actually getting back to travelling around to events with you uh, because he basically said he couldn't get anywhere on his own and needed you to help him get there. But I mean, where else beyond the Dutch Opener are you, Wayne and, and Sam Kankit? I know he's going around with you as well. Where are you guys looking at going this year?
1: Well, I've looked at a few. I'm going to be missing the Swiss Open. So, I'm going to be missing, I'm not going to going to romania because of the the county finals weekends but i would have liked to have gone there but it's, i'm going to be missing that. so it's going to be the dutch open and then we're going to look at um belgium potentially the french but sweden's a bit expensive um and awkward to get to um at times but with with darts at the moment there's so much to play to play and obviously you've got the online league as well Obviously, I can't play in this series or the next due to clashes. Unfortunately, I've got a wedding on the weekend of um, the England Open, which is closest to me. It's (laughs) only 45 minutes down the road. So I'll be, unfortunately, I'll be missing that one. But whereas before we was always finishing the season in September, we've we've got till you know the, the start of December now to get these points. So it's not the end of the world. I'll be missing them, you know, in the first six months. So it, it'll be it'll, we'll be looking at Antwerp. Just about to book the flights for the Dutch. Um, Antwerp, I think Wayne's up for that. Wayne will be coming to the Dutch. Um, he's looking for a holiday for his sixtieth birthday. Is um, the old kit? <laughs> I think I've, I've, I've put my name in for the pentathlon England, so I'll be looking to go for Devon. Um, I've sort of had enough of the challenge tour now this year because it sort of seems a bit beyond um, to, to sort of get into them top places. So it looks like I'll probably try and concentrate on WDF and the online darts league um, because I know that a few of them clash, um, and the, the challenge tour clashes with the British Open and potentially the England tournament. So I'll have a little closer look at them dates. Um, and I'll, I'll look to go to Ireland. Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland, Czech. I've never been to the Czech. Um, as many as I can towards the end of the year to try. Um, Bruges is another one that I won last time.
0: Mm.
1: It was played, and, and I'm, I'm sure they'd, they'd like me to go back there and try and defend it. So, and um, there's, there's loads of darts coming up coming up, Andrew. So I, I, I'm not fighting up missing a few events. Darts are going quite well. Summer's coming. I'd like to shred a bit of weight, but mm-hmm. uh, there's still loads of events um, with with Wales with the online darts league with the WDF. Um, and then,
0: you know, general local tournaments, to be fair. You play for, for Gwent or in the championship of the, the UKDA, which meant that you were part of the Magic weekend a few weeks ago. I've seen more or less reports on every end of the scale from people from that weekend. But I mean, what was your experience of it?
1: I enjoyed it. To be fair, the only downside was the price of a pint. To be fair, it was it was, it was ridiculous, and obviously that all the local county venues they're relatively cheap. You know, you you know wherever you go, so it's five pound, six pound a pint was was not the best um, for for all the county players that was there. But the atmosphere was great. um I don't people are moaning about practice boards. There was loads of practice boards there. You know, I had a good practice. So I, well, my, my darts showed really that my preparation was great because I think if I'd hit my doubles, I'd have probably top top Peter John's average on the day before. I think I missed the darts probably over 37, Ended up with a high thirty two in the first game and a, and a thirty plus in the second game. But you know, three three people at a time originally we were told we weren't allowed to cheer on our our, our teammates, but you know that went out the window across all the boards. So. <laughs> Um, backing up, you know, it was good to back up all the players and, and and watch what was happening throughout the day. Intervals, there was there was music, and you get. I, I went down to see some of the people from the different counties up in the Premiership. I went out to see the Northern lot um and some of the friends and, and from, from different counties I haven't seen for ages. Um, so I really enjoyed it. And to be fair, I, you know, the UKTA the first year, I think they did a cracking job. They've paid out a lot of prize money. Okay, obviously they've taken a lot of income in themselves, but. They've got partnerships with hotels and different things like that. But if people a moan, don't they they, 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 <laughs> they don't like change. And, and it's, it's a change at the end of the day. It's a very good thing. Johnny and, and Colin, my friend Morgan, they're all involved. I know Claire did a lot of work with the hotels. My old man's involved in, in some respect with them. Um, not majorly, but he, he is part of it. And I just think they did really, really well. I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to, to the Champions Cup. Um, although I won't be going with my Gwent-winning Super League team, I'll be going with uh, the Western England team, <laughs> I'm in, but, but we won't talk about that too much. Yeah, I've qualified for the the old Gold Cup, so to speak, and I'm looking, looking to qualify for the Pairs, and I'm sure it'll be a, a great weekend up there as well. So, yeah, I think they did a great job. I enjoyed it, and I know people didn't, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. I don't care about anyone else. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, and obviously, I'm sure you're happy as well because you ended up topping the men's averages in the championship as well, so I'm sure that was a obviously it's not the be run end all, but it's a nice no. thing to have at the end of the season.
1: Yeah. My target going the weekend was to win the two games um trying to sneak you know the 100 square bonus off off you know the the individual games the highest average maybe um but Scott Mitchell losing that game that cost them promotion. Um, I managed to top the averages, which is an achievement in itself. And I looked at all of them. I might, might have been second in, in all of the averages across all of the... all of So basically second in Britain for the whole season. That's not bad, is it? So I'm not quite happy with that.
0: Absolutely. So you were appointed captain of Wales a couple of months ago. Now, I know representing your country is something of enormous pride for you. Yeah. When you got that call from the Welsh Arts Organisation were you expecting it and what were your emotions when they told you? Um,
1: I was expected to be picked Uh, you never know with the captain situation Um, you know the way they pick it is is they go around each county whoever's representing Um, I did put my name in the hat for it I sort of sort of done my apprenticeship with Martin Phillips and being around you know Wayne Warren was always the vice captain to him and then Mark Leighton got it you know, the, the senior figurehead that he is, and he was a great captain, and obviously I, I went to the World Cup as captain, um, and, we, you know, we, we could have, won my bloody foot, we could have gone, we could have won the World Cup, to be fair, but, um, I, I, you know, I think the, the, the Welsh exec scene, you know, the camaraderie, had, and, and what we was like, and all the players in, in, in Scotland of that year as well. I was, you know, quite quite bubbly around the well within the Welsh setup, and I'm always up for it. I'm the one who sings the anthem the loudest, passionately. So, I, the Welsh, you know, John and, and I don't know who was in the meeting and Wayne. They they know I'm like, passionate wise. So I I, I kind of was. Excited. I don't think any of the other players. To be fair, there was a lot of players. There's a lot of new players in there now that have never played or haven't been around for years. So I had a feeling with my experience of over the last you know seven years in Wales. Um, would, would get me that but I, I buzzing is such an honour because you know following in Martin's footsteps Mark Martin, there's and there's a gentleman from Cumberland where I'm from called Richie Herbert he he was a captain of Wales um, and you know, he's passed away now and you know it's quite a thing in Cumberland I followed in his footsteps so hmm. very proud very proud and obviously my mum and dad are buzzing and proud of it and it's just another accolade in, in my career so Looking at it, I think I'm the most experienced international out of the three teams, which is which is <laughs> nuts because of all the you know the, the experience we've had before us. With obviously the England team with Scott and Martin Adams, and I've had Mark Leighton um, and Scotland. You've had you've had Ross and, and obviously Suits. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be. Really, I'm really excited for it. To be fair, next week, so got a very young team, Wales. Well, so I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully they can do the business because they're all fresh uh, and no rearing to go.
0: Hmm. And does the captaincy extend to the Six Nations and the Europe Cup later this year or will that decision be made at a later date?
1: I, I don't think it does um, I'd like to, like to think I, I, I've done enough with county averages now to, to get myself into the Six Nations team and potentially the Spanish, you know, the Europe Cup in Spain but, you know, if, if I don't perform next weekend and it's, it's woeful, then, you know, I won't deserve to get picked and if the boys play better then they'll, they'll be in. But, you know, that's my aim. You know, my aim is I think we've got a great chance of winning the, the internationals. Um, I'd like to think I'll be in Spain. I think in the averages at the moment, I'm, I'm number one. Um, and there isn't much going on now until September. But, you know, it still goes on your international performances and they'll probably look at other results as well. Who knows? But I'd love to be there. But, you know, it's, it's not just because I'm captain. It doesn't mean I'm going to be there. So I've still got work to do.
0: You mentioned that it's quite a young Welsh team this time round. Who are some of the names that people should be looking out for?
1: Well, you've mentioned Sam. He's playing muscle at the moment. I know he's struggling on the online league at the moment um, today. But to be fair, uh, he he was in the Welsh team back in 2013 when I got in in 2014. His talent is unbelievable. He's rejuvenised himself. and He's come back and he's playing really well. He's made the switch to the west of England. He's he's topped, he's topped the averages. Well, no, he's not topped the averages. I think he won nine out of nine in this county. He's playing awesome in the Super League, and he's a real talent, to be fair. It's such a natural, natural throw. Sam's one of them, Liam Meek. Um, he's won a development tour. He's doing really well for Gwent. Very, you know, big, powerful throw. Very confident. Um, doing really well. So, yeah, here's another one, Alex Small. Playing really well. You know his his averages have been up there. Jesse Heels back in the team, so th- th- these are all Gwent lads. But you know we've got the experience of Mike Gillett as well. You know he's won the online league weekly event. Um, I've played with him before. He knows what it's all about. It's a bit of experience there. But th- th- it is you know it's a fresh young team. Gary Bynum from from Cumbrian, from Abergeord and Cumbrian. But um, yeah, it's it's a totally different look. And you know we we've lost a lot of the. The older heads, and now we still got we still got Di Rogers from Glamorgan, who's been in consistently since he got picked. Steve Alka's son Andy Alka. so it's, it's it's going to be good. But uh, you yeah, know, I'm looking forward to it. A big John Williams Jones as well. His online form and his general form is very good. If you look at the the averages from the counties last weekend, I think the top three. I think Mike Gillett topped it. I think I was fortunate to be second, and, and John was third. So I think they they benchmark really. But um I, I think Sam. If he puts his A game on and preps correct, he's, he's going to be the one to shine next week.
0: Can Wales win it?
1: Yeah, for definite. You know, no disrespect to the other two teams. They've, they've been stronger in the past. They may have been weaker. But I just think the hunger of the, the young lads and we're going to be at home next week, there's, there's a real chance. But yeah, don't get me wrong, all three teams are very good. They all deserve to be there. There's a lot of new exper- inexperienced players on, up on that big stage. Um, for for all three teams, so it's how they develop how they you know adapt to to that big stage and, and the support and whether they will get overwhelmed because it's a new thing as well. The way I treat it is I'm going up playing playing a county match, but you know you, people can feel the pressure and oh, play for Wales now. It, it depends on people change, adapt to it, but. Um, um, I'm looking forward to to whoever plays uh, Luke letter To be fair, I'd actually like to play it myself. <laughs> if I can play my best game, I might I might win a leg or two. <laughs> fair play to him, his quality. But I think you know me, me and James Hurle have a lot of bad know about it all, and I know I, I get on well with Alan Small as well. So fair play. It's going to be a good weekend.
0: Absolutely, and just to to finish, looking ahead for you, what are the big goals that you want to achieve before the end of 2022?
1: Um, I'd like to potentially get to a final of the online weekly, the Champions Week of the Online mm-hmm. darts League. I'd like to see myself get into that. I'd like to qualify for the World Masters um, and the World Championships. I would like to, to, to go to, to the Europe Cup with Wales. Uh, <laughs> it's not much I wouldn't want to do, to be honest. I, I want to win a few of the, the WDF and, and sort of climb the rankings again. So potentially, you know, it goes... Up again at Q School that I can fall back and have a decent ranking to defend, whereas now it's quite difficult starting at the bottom. If that mm. makes sense. Whereas I left the WDF number one, I've come back as, as with nothing. So um, yeah, I just like to start picking up the form, get more consistent, get the confidence to what it was like towards the end of 2019 you know, and when I got my tour card with a, you know, with the big performances, you know, consistent big performances, not just a one-off. So yeah, so I do well in the online darts league. You know, do well in in the gold events, potentially get enough points to get to Lakeside, uh, lakeside or, or wherever it's going to be and, and get to the World Masters as well um, in Holland. So, you know, if, if, if it doesn't happen, then, you know, we will go again next year. But, you know, it's picking up again. Confidence is, is growing, you know, winning more and losing again and happy days.
0: Lovely, and obviously enjoying your dance as well. Yes, last year, obviously we, we, you
1: know, we're no longer with with the big five. It's just sort of, things got a little bit sticky at the end and it's difficult, and it's just best what happened to be honest. But um, it is what it is. And uh, back back to enjoy myself and doing my own thing. So uh, I like to do my own thing. And, you know, and concentrate on myself. So
0: well, it's always a, a pleasure speaking to you, Nick. I'm sure we'll catch up again during the year especially if you're at the, the big events but uh, always pleasure speaking and I wish you the best of luck in the British internationals thank you
1: Andrew pleasure to speak to you as always and
0: cheers well it's always a, a pleasure speaking to Nick we had a, we had a nice chat at Lakeside just over a month ago but it was nice to sort of spend a bit more time talking on the phone and it was great to hear him sound so enthusiastic about the future and I don't mean that just because he'd recovered. Uh, His voice back after some over-exuberant singing at the Welsh Open weekend. On the note of voices, I did want to point out that there was supposed to be representation from Scotland on this week's show in the form of Lorraine Hyde, but she's currently got no voice at all. So uh, me and her have rearranged. We'll be speaking in a few weeks' time uh, closer to the Six Nations in June. And the original plan was to, to have England representation as well. I was aiming to have the England captain, James Hurrell, on the show to talk about his resurgence over the last nine months and, and leading the team out. Uh, but myself and James couldn't agree. Time in the end, he's been quite busy recently. So uh, hopefully going to get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. Potentially, as the winning captain of the British Internationals, but that remains to be seen. And There was England representation on the show a couple of weeks ago, though, because I spoke to the women's captain, Dieter Hedman, and we did talk about leading the team out at the British international. So I'd encourage you to have a listen to that Before play kicks off in Merthyr Tidville on Friday night. I think it's a 6pm start. And they've got the traditional sort of structure to the weekend that they always used to have. So the youth competitions will get it underway. Then they'll bring in the women. And then on the Sunday you'll have the last women's games and the deciding games in the men's tournament. So I'll run you through the schedule now. The first fixture is England versus Scotland in the boys. Then Wales versus Scotland in the girls. Wales versus England in the boys, and then Friday night's play wraps up with England versus Wales in the women's tournament. So 10am start on Saturday, which is quite early, but thankfully for the, the senior players, it's the youth that are kicking off on Saturday. Uh, the girls' competition will wrap up with Scotland against England and England against Wales. And there'll also be the deciding fixture in the boys' tournament as well, with Scotland taking on Wales. To end Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Scotland will play England in the women's. So that'll be England's second game of the women's tournament. And then the men's tournament will begin with Scotland taking on Wales. Sunday, there's three fixtures, two men's, one women's. The first game of the day will be England versus Scotland in the men, followed by Wales versus Scotland in the women. And then the final game of the day, and potentially the game of the the whole weekend really, is going to be Wales against England in the men. To me, that looks like a potential title decider in the men's because I think both teams are really strong. Uh, But we'll have to wait and see. You know, Scotland are a decent team as well and I think they could spring a few surprises even though some of the names in that team are unknown to the majority of people, I would have thought. I haven't heard uh, full confirmation yet over whether there'll be a live stream this weekend. There typically is and uh, Nick seemed to think there would be but haven't heard anything. But as and when I do, obviously I'll be sharing that on social media and there'll be live updates from me during the weekend as well because it's always one of my favourite tournaments to, to watch along and to follow. All games are best of seven legs during the weekend, almost like a county game, really. So quite a quick format, quite a good format for, for those players. and It's a format most of them are used to because international selections are usually based on county or Super League. As Nicker alluded to, there's a lot of new faces across all three nations uh, this time round. Nick gave you a a sort of an overview of the the standout names in the Welsh team, but I thought I'd give you the full list of players here. So those selected for the Welsh men's team, they've got a pool of 14, only 12 will play in in any given fixture, but the pool of 14 is Nick Kenny, Andy Orker, Debbie Bynan, Sam Kankit, Mark Challenger, Scott Doherty, Sean Fisher, Mike Gillett, Jesse Heal, Liam Meek, Kevin Phillips, Die Rogers, Alex Small and John Williams-Jones. Rhianna O'Sullivan, the World Championship semi-finalist, this year previously at a two-time World Championship finalist and a recent Welsh Classic finalist as well. Rhianna O'Sullivan, she leads out the women's team this year and it's a very similar Welsh women's team that played in the British Internationals last time in Glenrothes in 2019. Uh, Rhianna is joined by Natalie Evans, Nikki Goldsmith, Kai Hales, Anne-Marie Potts, Chris Savary, Leanne Topper and Alana Waters Evans. Good squad there from Wales. England are typically most years they enter these events as favourites, and I think they probably will do this time as well. The men's team is, is strong, very strong really. James Hurrell, as I mentioned, he leads the the men's team, but also features some real quality. The obvious headline being Luke Littler, who at 15 will become the youngest player to ever represent a senior team in the British Internationals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to, you know, go from top to bottom in that England team. You've got James Hurrell, Justin Hood, Ian Jones, Dave Ladley, Neil Maneer from Cornwall, who's been whacking in some big averages for county this season. Paul Milford from Devon, always very reliable. Josh Richardson, who's been playing very well in the online league, and he'll be the first player from Northamptonshire to play for England. Uh, the cobbler, Lee Sheehan, lovely bloke. It'll be nice to see Lee up on that stage. He's had a rough couple of weeks, but it'll be good to see him up there. Scott Taylor, Scott Williams and Aaron Monk. So, yeah, I mean, that England team is very, very strong. England women's team as well. There's a few changes from, from last time, but it's still a good team. It's led by Dieter Hedman. She's backed up by Lorraine Winstanley, stanley Bo Greaves, the world champion. The fast-improving Natalie gilbert Jane Monaghan from Hampshire and Claire Brookin from Cambridgeshire who's making her return to the team after an absence of a number of years. Luke Littler will also be playing in the boys' competition during the weekend. He's leading an England quartet of him, Thomas Banks, Archie Self and Charlie Manby. who, to be perfectly honest on paper, would be very tough to beat against any country but in this year's British internationals they look like a fairly unstoppable uh, quartet but you never know, got to perform on the day. England girls' team is Amy Evans and Paige Pauling, both of whom are playing really well. Uh, I know Amy went quite well at the uh, England Youth Grand Prix event they ran uh, this past weekend, so they're both in good nick and it will probably be quite competitive. It will be, be strange not to see Bo Greaves playing in the uh, girls' team, as she has been for, for a number of years, but now she's playing in the ladies' team and will be a tough draw for anyone. Scotland's squad is sort of very... Very new look. Obviously Ross Montgomery and Alan Souter were two of the big figureheads of that team. They're both now in the PDC and the rejigged county system in Scotland has meant that some players don't necessarily have a team anymore and Jim McEwen is one of those who's not playing county right now so he's missed out on selection despite him being so impressive over you know, the last couple of years. Same with Mark Barilli. Um They're doing well on the WDF tour. They're doing well elsewhere. They would have been good additions to the team but the SDA are picking from, from County and I would say the team they have picked is very good and will likely surprise a lot of people. Uh, you've got Alan Small from Fife, he's the captain, very good player. Scott Robertson, Jamie Bain, Sean Ryan, played really well at the Scottish Open. Sean Ryan, a very capable player. He's someone I've, I've seen playing person, I think has tremendous natural ability. We'd love to see him have a, a good performance during the weekend. Danny Truman, who I think was the first player to hit a ton average in the new Scottish County system, so he's a very good player as well. Uh, Andy Callery, same goes for him. Scott Campbell. Matthew Goldie's a very solid player. Uh, Ewan Callender. Bruce Montgomery. Colin Miller. William Kirkwood. Again, they're all names that a lot of people might not know, but they're all players who are very, very solid. And in a best of seven, ultimately, that's all you really need to be. Um, that's not a slight on them at all. They're, they're very good players, And you only need a couple of results to go your way in an event like this and then suddenly momentum starts to build. And I think that Scotland team, while on paper and name value is probably the weakest of the three, I think they could cause a few upsets during the weekend and I wouldn't write them off. Um, Scotland's women's team I think is quite strong, led by Lorraine Hyde, but you've also got Susanna McGimpsey in there, Emily Davison, Louise Patterson, Chloe O'Brien, Lindsay Ward, Courtney McBain... Again, relatively inexperienced team, a relatively unknown team to, to majority of people, but there's some solid good players in there um, and I definitely can see them taking points off England and Wales. Maybe not beating them, but certainly taking points off them. And obviously, there's six players in the team. You only need to take a couple of points. And suddenly, that game's quite close. So, I I don't know. I think in terms of making a pick, I think it's... In the women's, I think it's hard to look past England. You can't, for me, look at a team that's got Dieter Hedman, Bo Greaves, Lorraine Win stanley uh, Natalie Gilbert, just, just for those four, and say that they aren't going to be favourites, but doesn't mean that they aren't beatable. I think the men's could be really, really close. I think England have a very strong team this year, um, but I, I I don't know. There's something about that Welsh team and Wales being at home that makes me think that, that Wales could actually nick it in the men's. Um, but it's going to be very close either way. But all in all, it should be a fantastic weekend of action. I'll be all over it this weekend. I uh, really am looking forward to it. And uh, it would be good to have proper international darts back on the calendar. You've got this, you've then got the Six Nations next month and then... Later this year, you've got the Europe Cup in Spain, you've got the America's Cup in Jamaica, uh, the Asia-Pacific Cup out in uh, Taiwan, I think it is. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's just nice to have proper international darts back on the calendar on the, the WDF amateur side of the game because um, these tournaments are always tremendous fun and, and representing your country, as I hope you you gathered for, from Nick at the top of the show and Dieter a few weeks ago. It means so much to these players. Something that sticks in my mind is when I spoke to Jacques Nulat, the Dutch starts commentator uh, during one of the lockdowns we spoke about you know working at the World Cups and the Europe Cups, and he was saying that you know you see it these players are paying these players are playing for no money, all they're playing for is the pride of representing their country, yet there's so much passion in that room, you know that it's the pride of playing for your country that drives the atmosphere at those tournaments. And the British internationals is, is exactly the same. It means a lot to win to all three countries and there should be some ding-dongs during the weekend and some big performances as well. I'm expecting some big averages based on the way these players have been playing and the stakes involved. But away from the British internationals, I mentioned this earlier on, there are three WDF events this coming weekend as well. The tour returns to Lithuania for the first time in a few years for the Lithuania Open and the Kaunas Open. Uh, they're both bronze-graded. Aaron Turner and Maggie Sutton are provisional top seeds at the moment. The other standout names in the men's really Dennis Nielsen of Sweden, John Scott of England, Alexander Merks from the Netherlands, Niels Jorgen Hansen from Denmark, and his compatriot Brianne Locken. On paper, I fancy Nielsen, Dennis Nielsen to do very well. I could see him winning one or or both of the titles that weekend, but definitely one of them. Hopefully John Scott will be back to form. I know he's had some hand issues recently, but he seems to be on the men now. So hopefully John will have a, a good weekend as a friend of the show. But, I mean, Aaron Turner could go well as well. Um, results haven't necessarily gone his way this year, but he's a very capable player. And in a, you know, a field like that, I, I would say that Aaron's got a very good chance of, of going all the way. And then in the women's, Maggie is going to be the overwhelming favourite for both of them. And if she plays to the best of her abilities she could be looking at picking up her second and third titles of the year. The other event this weekend is over in Australia, their fourth-ranking event of the year, and it's the Sunshine State Classic in Queensland. Raymond Smith and Kaya Smith are both playing really well, and they'll be favourites in their home state, but Jeremy Fagg and Robbie King are two other names I'd pick up to watch in the men's tournament. While over in the ladies, recent guest on the show, Amanda Locke, I'd fancy her to go quite well in the, the women's competition and potentially pick up her second title of the year. be ca- recapping those events next week, but that's all for this week's show. Big thank you to Nick for his time and to you for listening, as sport's always greatly appreciated. I'll be back next week with a little look ahead to a couple of things going on at the end of the month. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Sinclair 97 You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF, and you can rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you on the other side.